0: S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Previously on Space Train... Doug and the cadets toured the rebuilt Academy of Wanderers and discussed their plans to fill it with new students. Blobby was jealous of Dallas and Leo's friendship and seemed to be missing home. During their stop, Doug pieced together the most complicated part of the Academy, the Connector. After he finished, they received their first recruitment mission for the planet Schnozheim. And now for Season 2, Episode 3. The Big Sniff. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents... Space Train.
1: It's time to be the hero.
0: The space train weaved gracefully through space, curving around the remains of a destroyed fuel station and passing through the donut hole of an icy comet. Inside its planetarium car, Doug and the cadets were waiting for Goro to brief them on their mission. Do you think he was serious about the nose plugs? Doug asked Lydia. Lydia shrugged. It's hard to tell with Goro. I think so. Next to her, Dallas was trying to show Leo how to feed Blobby a chocolate bar. He was holding Leo's arms and guiding the chocolate to the little blob's mouth. That's it, Dallas coached. Nice and easy. Leo looked nervous. He cringed and looked away from his outstretched hands. Before the chocolate could reach Blobby, the little creature blew a raspberry and then bounced off Leo's face, leaving a huge orange splatter mark. Leo slowly turned to look at Dallas. Sweet! (laughs) Progress! Dallas said, punching the air. Trust me, if he totally hated your guts, he wouldn't even bother to touch you, dude. Leo smiled sarcastically. "'You're trying too hard,' Doug said, shaking his head. "'What do you know, Capitan? I don't see beautiful little blobs following you around everywhere.' Doug looked at Lydia, who was holding back a laugh. "'I don't even
1: know how to respond to that.' "'Good evening,
0: wanderers.' Goro walked up to the
1: podium. "'I trust you've all had a nice breakfast?'
0: Leo wiped slime off his face and shook his head.
1: "'Most of us, I hope,' Goro added. "'Before we get started, I wanted to see if you were finished analyzing the student role, Leo. Was there any trace of the list being copied?'
0: Leo hesitated and then nodded gravely. Goro sighed.
1: <sighs> "'Then it is as I feared. Our time is limited.' Someone out there knows the location of all of our future students, and we must beat them to the prize. Thank you, Leo. Good work.
0: Leo gave the robot a thumbs up. Goro tried to give a thumbs up back, but his rebuilt thumb malfunctioned and jerked all over the place. Let me just... uh, No. Okay? He quickly tucked it away and then clicked a button on the podium. The starry domed window above changed and now displayed an image of a cloudy planet
1: we will be arriving at our destination shortly as i told you before schnozheim is a very unique planet the smells swirling through its atmosphere are extremely powerful and may be strong enough to kill you i don't yet have samples of the toxicity levels to know for sure but let's just assume the worst until we discover otherwise
0: Doug looked at the swirls of clouds drifting across the planet and tilted his head. ''Are there smells in space?'' he asked.
1: ''You mean above this planet's atmosphere?'' Goro said.
0: ''Yeah, like outer space. Does it have a smell?''
1: ''Well, since space is mostly a vacuum, you can't just go outside and sniff. But, if you were to smell your spacesuits after coming back onto the space train, "...that will give you an idea of what it might smell like. We can't know for sure, but many astronauts have described the smell of their suits as being like sulfurous gunpowder, and some have only been able to describe it as an almost sweet metallic smell. I've also heard it likened to burnt almond cookies and walnuts." Wow, those are all weirdly specific, Lydia noted. Indeed, Goro agreed. Next time you all do a spacewalk and come back on board, you should smell your suits and let me know how you would describe it. I will never know, because as a robot, I obviously cannot enjoy the sense of smell. Thank you for reminding me, Captain. Anytime, Doug said. Now, Goro continued, Our target student is a boy named Broderick Zvelk. He is considered extremely important to the planet so convincing him to enroll in our academy will likely be a challenge. I've arranged to have a tour guide take you around the capital, and I'm hoping the tour passes by Broderick's home. The schnauzers are not aware of our intentions, and it is important we keep it that way. If they find out we want to recruit their most important citizen, they will surely kick you out.
0: What's so special about him? Dallas asked, already looking unimpressed. Goro's metal mustache turned up.
1: ''Let's just say he has a gift for smell.''
0: Dallas scoffed. (laughs) ''What good'll that do?'' (laughs) Leo sniffed the air in a comically heroic pose. (laughs) ''This should be interesting,'' Doug said. He too wondered what good a powerful sense of smell would do. But if the kid was on the list, he must deserve to be there. ''Can't wait to meet him,'' Lydia said. "'Excellent!' Goro flipped off the projection, and the domed ceiling reverted back to a starry window.
1: "'Suit up, put on your nose plugs, and head to the exit bay.'
0: Minutes later, Doug and the cadets were suited up and waiting in front of the exit door, nose plugs bulging in their nostrils. Doug felt a little nervous. As the captain, he felt responsible for the success of the mission." What if they weren't able to talk this kid into coming back with them? Would they be able to sell the benefits of the Academy of Wanderers? Doug didn't want to look like a doofus in front of Lydia. She was way more of a gifted diplomat. Dallas was fidgeting next to him. You all right?" Doug asked. Dallas took out his nose plugs and gave his armpits a sniff. Just making sure I don't stink, he said. I don't want to offend the Schneezers. Schnauzers, Lydia corrected. Dallas checked his breath. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta make sure I'm totally sniffable. Don't want to be a stink bomb. He froze. Uh Uh-oh. Doug's eyebrows shot up. What? I had a bean burrito for breakfast. We might be in trouble, dudes. Those chef-bots make a mean bean burrow, and this morning it was extra spicy. Get my drift? Lydia shot him a disgusted look. Gross. Great, Doug mumbled. Leo laughed silently and mimed, passing gas and heads exploding. Dallas put his nose plugs back in. Don't say I didn't warn ya. (laughs) The door hissed open and Doug led the way down the platform. The planet was flat and brown, like an uninteresting stretch of desert. The structures, however, with their cluster ball shape that resembled stacked fish eggs, broke the monotony. There was a pleasant looking woman with white hair and black skin waiting to greet them. Doug felt the sudden urge to laugh when he noticed a huge metal nose protruding from her face. It looked silly and out of place. Welcome. Wanders, she said, walking up to greet them. My name is Holio. Welcome to Schnauzheim." She held her hand up so that it made a line down her face and gave a slight bow. Doug imitated the gesture. Thank you. We appreciate you giving us a tour. It is my pleasure, Holio said with another bow. I see that you have come prepared and protected but allow me to offer these schnozzles instead. I have set them to their lowest setting so as to not overwhelm you. This way you can fully experience what makes Schnozheim so special. She handed each of the cadets a metal nose and showed them how to put them on. After some hesitation, Doug removed the plugs from his nostrils and placed the bulky metal nose up to his face. It suctioned over his nose. Whoa! Doug went cross-eyed, looking at the lights blinking down his new metal nose. A little vent underneath opened, and the second it did, a wonderful vanilla-like smell filled his nostrils. Oh, that's nice. (sighs) The other cadets' schnozzles suctioned into place, and they too started enjoying the planet's smells. With a satisfied grin, Halio led them down the street and pointed to a large octagon-shaped cluster ball building. "'This is our scented court, where all scent offenders are taken and judged,' she explained. "'Scent isn't just a sense on Schnaseheim. It is a way of life. Those who don't take the smells around them seriously, or those who interfere with those smells, are given a firm punishment.' Doug glanced back at Dallas, whose eyes were as round as softballs. Lydia waved to the curious Schnauzers who passed by on the street. The metal-nosed people were pleasant and quiet, and they watched the wanderers with interest. "'These are the olefactors, Hollio said, stopping by a structure at the end of the street that looked like a yellow metal wave with a vent at its cresting top. "'These are what dispense the smells of schnozheim.' Every street has one. Each is programmed with a specific smell for the area and changes with the time of day, the weather, the event, and all are synchronized to maximize the smelling experience. Now that she mentioned it, Doug had noticed a change in the smell. Whatever was coming out of this olefactor was giving off an incredibly warm, sweet aroma that could only be described as fresh cinnamon rolls. He noticed that the surrounding cluster ball buildings were some sort of bakeries. The smells coming from the olefactor were obviously designed to enhance the fact that there were bakeries around. Leo pointed to the olefactor, trailed his finger down to the ground, then gave a questioning shrug. Where do the smells come from? Lydia interpreted. Holio smiled. Good question. All of the scents on Schnausheim are created by the Big Sniff, the Great One. The cadets looked at each other. "'What is the Big Sniff?' Doug asked. "'You mean who is the Big Sniff?' Holio corrected. "'He is our gift. "'One of our own with a sense of smell so powerful "'he has no need for the enhancement of a schnozzle. "'He is the only one in the known galaxy "'with an ability to smell with pinpoint precision "'at great distances.' "'Dallas raised his eyebrows.' So he can, like, smell us right now? Hollyo looked Dallas up and down, then turned her schnozzle to low. He most certainly can. Could you take us to him, the big sniff? Doug asked. Hollyo paused and considered them skeptically. It would be a great honor, Doug quickly added. He snuck a glance at Lydia out of the corner of his eye. He wanted to see if she approved of his approach didn't want to overdo it. She seemed to approve. Very few get an audience with the Great One, Hollyo said. Most Schnauzers go their whole lives without ever seeing him. But it is rare to get such distinguished visitors. I am willing to ask if he will grant you a meeting. That is all we can ask. Thank you, Lydia said with a polite bow. Right this way, Hollyo said, leading them further down the street. As they walked, Doug took in the various smells flowing from the olfactors. There was one street that smelled like roses dipped in honey. Another smelled like pork and jam. One olefactor emanated a strange poignant scent that was a cross between fresh-cut grass and wet wood. It was musky and somehow refreshing." Doug had to admit, the smells did enhance the experience of walking through the city. It took an otherwise bland landscape and made it worth exploring. Each custom scent paired perfectly with the surroundings. He especially enjoyed the cotton candy-like smell of the children's play district, where metal-nosed kids rolled around in giant hamster balls and bumped into each other. Doug giggled at a child who was grunting and trying to pry her picking finger free from her schnozzle, Dallas was so captivated by the scene that he stopped paying attention to where they were going and walked straight into a cluster ball sign. Whack! Oh, dear! (laughs) He rubbed his face and touched the metal schnozzle that was now blinking spastically. Its lights flashed different colors and the schnozzle vent hole widened. Dallas's eyebrows shot up as he took in a long sniff. (sighs) Whoa! That is the most amazing smell I've ever smelled. He looked around wildly. I-, I can, I can actually taste cotton candy. He pretended to grab invisible cotton candy out of the air and eat it. What's wrong with him? Lydia said, watching Dallas pretend to lick cotton candy off his fingers. Leo pointed to Dallas his schnozzle and then looked at the group and mimed getting hit in the face. Great, is his schnozzle malfunctioning? Doug asked. Blobby chirped nervously from Dallas's shoulder. It would appear so, Halio said, looking it over. Not to worry, I will get him a new one as soon as we reach our destination. For now, I can shut it off. She reached up to turn the schnozzle off, but Dallas pushed her hand away. No way, Jose, he shouted. This is so rad. <sighs> <sighs> Dallas was sniffing so hard that Doug was sure he'd get a bloody nose. Halio looked back at them. He should be okay for now. I will keep an eye on him and administer NPR if necessary. You mean CPR? Doug said. Lydia nudged him, making Doug realize that may have been rude. No NPR, Hollio repeated. Nasal pulmonary resuscitation. It involves blowing powerful bursts of air into the nostrils. It is very painful and may make his eyes bulge for the rest of his life. I would rather not make him look like a gula fish so let us hope it doesn't come to that. I don't care, Dallas said dreamily. Very well, this way. hollyo led them further down the street. As they walked, Dallas kept stopping and marveling at all the extremely powerful smells he was experiencing. He sniffed the ground.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: He sniffed a few passing schnauzers. <sniffs> yep, yep, that's good, hmm At one point he hugged a purple plant and gave it a good long sniff. <sniffs> yeah, minty, he said. It's like I'm hugging a giant piece of wintergreen gum. He took a big bite out of the bush and started chewing on its leaves. <laughs> oh, it even made my sense of taste more powerful. Oh, man, that's amazing. (laughs) Blobby hesitantly licked one of the leaves with his jelly tongue and immediately broke into a spitting fit. Dallas, you're eating a bush. Doug marched over to pull him away, but Dallas fought back. Step back, bro. You're ruining my sniff. (sighs) Oh he sniffed towards Doug. Jeez, what are you wearing? Ten gallons of deodorant? <laughs> I didn't know it was like a couple strokes. Doug's face flushed red. He avoided eye contact with Lydia, who was shaking her head and giggling. Holio walked over. That is enough sniffing for you, young man. Off it goes. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, I'm coming. Just don't oh, please, don't turn it off. Ah, <sighs> Hollyo sighed, clicked her tongue, and then continued down the street. Then keep up! After a couple more blocks, they reached their destination. There was a spiral staircase made of little ball clusters that wound up through the sky and came to an end at a ball-shaped room. Looked like a lollipop sculpture made of jelly golf balls. Holio led them up the stairs to the room and knocked on the door. Seconds later a metal schnozzle next to the door sniffed the air and a voice said "halio what can i do for you you have visitors sir captain douglas colt and his crew of wanderers wish to speak with you" there was a beep and the door slid open the inside of the spherical room was white and every inch of the curving walls was covered with little colorful vials of liquid a wide, curving window looked out over Schnozheim, and a bald chair sat facing them. In it was a little white-haired boy sitting with his legs crossed and his fingertips pressed together. The boy wore something that looked like a black eye patch over his nose. "'Welcome, Wanders,' he said with a polite nod. "'I'll take it from here, Halio.' Halio raised a pointed hand to her face and bowed before leaving the room, Thank you for seeing us, Big Sniff, Doug said. Even though the kid looked younger than him, there was something about this boy that made him nervous. He could feel himself sweating. Before he could open his mouth to say something else, the boy jumped in. Wait. He slowly removed the cover from his nose and sniffed in their direction. Sweat on your hands and feet. You're nervous. You are the leader of this group, and yet you are not confident in your ability to lead. <sighs> he sniffed again. You're wearing four squirts of Mr. Hold hair gel, which tells me you're trying too hard to look good. Likely for this attractive young woman over here. He looked at Lydia and sniffed. <sighs> confident, strong, not a drop of makeup. I'm getting hints of toluene from the nail polish, but it is inconsistent. You made it yourself. You're independent and resourceful. He looked at Leo and sniffed. Hmm, an alien from the Figa-6 galaxy. Not quick to adopt his friend's ways. Keeps his homeworld's hygiene routine. He sniffed again. Interesting. Your dopamine levels are off the charts. With that many chemical messengers pinging around in your mind, you must be exceptionally bright. Even for Figa-6. I'm smelling faux Nemro leather, the kind only found on expensive computer chairs. You're a programmer, and an exceptional one, I imagine. His eyes trailed over to Dallas and took in a long sniff. Unruly, unkempt, active. I can smell abnormal levels of adrenaline and serotonin. You're overly confident, brash, and... (laughs) With iron levels like that, it's safe to say strong. And you... He looked at Blobby without so much as a single sniff. A gelatinous creature from Gorf that is secreting ridiculous levels of homesick vibes. Your scent is repulsive and overpowering. Blobby chirped and clicked happily as if that was a compliment.
1: Whoa,
0: Doug breathed. So, Wanderers, what can I do for you? The boy asked. Um. Doug struggled to gather his thoughts. Uh, first of all, you are Broderick Zvelk, correct? That is correct. The boy put his nose patch back on and smiled. Good. Um, we're here to see if you would like to join our Academy of Wonders. Okay. Doug glanced at the scribbled writing on his palm. It's an institution where all the greatest young minds are being gathered to learn together and band together to make the universe a better, safer place. Doug, Lydia kicked his foot. He said, okay. Hmm? What? Okay? He looked up at Broderick. You said okay? Broderick held his hands up. Okay. The cadets looked at each other surprised. Dallas shrugged. Well, that was easy. You don't want to stay? Doug checked. Aren't you kind of important here? Dude, don't push our luck, Dallas whispered. I'm just curious. Broderick got to his feet and walked up to the wide window, his arms folded behind him. I will miss it, he said. But I knew I was destined for greater things. There comes a point when creating smells for everyone grows tiresome. He turned and pointed to the vials along the walls. I'll be leaving them with the robust library of scents that will last for generations. It's all become a little much if I'm being completely honest. I can't even go outside without this thing anymore. He pointed to his nose patch. Their desire for stronger and stronger scents is overpowering the city. It is creating considerable harm to the atmosphere, and I'm afraid at this rate the damage will be irreparable within the next decade. It appears I'm doing more harm than good these days. If you say my talents will be better served elsewhere, I believe you. Not only does the space train's admirable reputation help your case, but also the lack of lying hormones I smell on you would suggest that you mean well and truly want to do good. The cadets blinked at him. "'Give me a moment for me to leave a note for my secretary, and I'll grab my things.' The cadets agreed, then quietly shuffled out and waited for him at the bottom of the stairs. "'Doesn't get any easier than that,' Doug said, glancing up at the sphere. "'Is it ever that easy?' Lydia said under her breath. "'What do you mean?' Dallas asked. "'Something's off.' "'Let me guess, you can smell it?' Dallas joked. "'No,' Lydia shot him a look. "'I got a few flashes earlier. "'Nothing clear, just streaks raining down from the sky. "'I don't know what it means.' "'Dallas, Leo, Doug, and Blobby exchanged a worried look. "'It means we gotta get this kid and get the heck out of here,' Doug said. "'He called up the stairs. Broderick, you coming?' Broderick casually descended the stairs and stopped next to them. Is something wrong? I just… Lydia shook her head. It's probably nothing, but I thought I had a quick glimpse of something in the sky. Broderick squinted at the sky and saw nothing. He looked to Doug for answers. She catches short glimpses of the future, Doug explained. Broderick's expression immediately changed. He quickly took off his nose patch and sniffed towards the sky. She's right, someone's coming. Seconds later, there was a loud crack and a fist-shaped spaceship appeared over the city. The sound of cannon fire echoed overhead as little projectiles blasted off the side of the ship. The Schnauzers below scattered in a panic. What's happening? Broderick cried. Doug watched as the little projectiles tore through the olefactors all over the city, blowing them to pieces. As the vents crumbled, the projectiles landed on the ground, scurried down the streets, then blasted off towards another olefactor. What are those things? Lydia cried. Doug focused on the objects. They're robot hands. He almost couldn't believe what he was saying. Everyone drew their blasters. Go back up to your room and seal the door, Doug told Broderick. We'll come back for you. They're destroying the olifactors, Broderick said. Shut off your schnozzles. He stumbled back up the stairs. Doug and the cadets did as he said, turning off their metal noses before charging the robot hands. Dallas, Doug shouted as they ran. I'm on it. Dallas quickly put earbuds in his ears and turned on calm music. With every footstep, He got bigger, and bigger, and bigger. By the time they reached the flying robot hands, he was enormous. Dallas jumped up and grabbed one out of the air. He smashed it against the ground and it exploded into a cloud of sparks. Blobby sprang off his shoulder and slimed a robot hand against the wall. Leo, Doug, and Lydia fired their blasters. Doug blew one apart before it could reach another Olefactor. Lydia shot one coming straight for her. Leo took cover behind a building just in time to dodge the rocketing blow of a metal fist. SMASH! A chunk of the building blew apart right next to his face. <coughs> Leo coughed and then jumped out and fired. He caught the flying fist as it was circling back around. All around them, schnauzers watched as giant Dallas jumped between buildings and smashed robot hands out of the air like a furious King Kong. With a ground-shaking run, he dove off of a building, grabbed two flying fists, and then smashed them together on his way down. He landed with a roll. Before he could get to his feet, a rocketing fist slammed into his chest, sending him flying back into a building. Blobby chirped furiously and tried to slime the fist, but only caught it by a gooey thread. The hand flew in circles on Blobby's slimy tether. Dallas shook debris out of his hair, ran over and met the fist head on with a thunderous punch. Kaboom! The remaining robot hands suddenly stopped. Humming quietly, they landed on the ground and scurried together like silver spiders. Doug and the cadets looked at each other confused. (laughs) Yes, yes, came a voice from above. Everyone looked up to see a man descending in a jetpack. A few feet above the ground, the jets flipped off and the man landed right in front of them. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, the man said, clapping his two big metal gloves. Doug recognized the man immediately. The purple buzzed hair with curving designs, the copper breastplate, the huge metal gloves. You, he growled. Hey there, Doug. You know this guy, Dallas said, pointing a giant finger at the buff man. The rocket man. Doug said. I met him on the party planet. This is who you were talking about? Lydia looked the guy over. Just wanted to be a part of the show, Rocket Man laughed. He looked all around and up in the sky. I know you're here somewhere. Come out, come out, wherever you are. The kids looked at him as if he were crazy. Doug stepped forward. If you're looking for the space train, it's hovering on the other side of the city but you'll have to go through us to get to it. The rocket man laughed. (laughs) You have no idea, do you? Oh man, this is too good, too good! I'm not here for the space train. I'm here for omnipresent power, baby. Leo pointed to the guy and made a crazy-in-the-head gesture. You came to smash stuff up so you could feel powerful? Lydia looked disgusted. Feel powerful? The Rocket Man is powerful, sweetheart. And you are all going to help me grow that power, even if it takes me leaving a trail of destruction everywhere I go. He kept glancing at the sky as if looking for something. Okay, dude, I've heard enough. Dallas popped his knuckles and charged. Lights blinked down the Rocket Man's metal gloves. Boom! The Rocket Man punched Dallas and sent him spinning through the air before landing with a hard thud. The kids looked back at the man's gloves in shock. The Rocket Man held his boxing stance. That's it! Keep it coming, cowboy. The more action you bring, the better chance I have at catching it. Give me that limelight. Doug drew his blaster and fired. Rocket man covered his face and the laser bolts ricocheted off his huge gloves and chest plate. Laughing, the man pressed a button on his left glove and the robot hands around him came back to life. They blasted off the ground and flew for the cadets. Doug and the others fired at the robot hands that were now spinning and turning faster than ever. (laughs) Ha 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 Yeah! The Rocket Man punched the air like a boxer. Can't wait to relive this. Let's shake things up, shall we? (laughs) Yeah! He punched the ground with one of his metal gloves and a huge crack split towards the cadets. It split right under Doug's feet and made him trip. Doug! Lydia ran over to help him up. Oh, look at you two. The Rocket Man did a boxing shuffle towards them. Adorable! The more you played up, the better. Your fans will love it! He punched an Olefactor next to him and it shattered like glass. <laughs> his laughing gradually stopped as he noticed a thin trail of green smoke curling up from the rubble. All around him schnauzers were retreating back into their homes. He looked between the other smashed olefactors, and the ones still intact. Green haze was creeping out of all of them. Was this? He held up his hand and all of the flying hands stopped and mimicked the gesture midair. <laughs> The rocket man sniffed the air, he grimaced, he sniffed the air again, (laughs) and again repulsed. An overpowering smell swept over him. (coughs) What is (coughs) that? He coughed. He gagged and coughed some more,
1: (coughs) I can (coughs) taste it.
0: The man fell to his knees and coughed hysterically. Doug looked at all the olefactors and then back at the Rocket Man. What's happening? Broderick came running up behind them. Quick, it won't last forever. To your ship. Doug and the others ran with the boy back to the space train. As they fled, they heard the Rocket Man coughing behind them. <coughs> you can't hide from me, cadets. <coughs> as long as there's someone to save, <coughs> I can see you. They reached the space train and hopped on board. As soon as the platform retracted and the door hissed shut, the space train blew its whistle and blasted off. Like a silver serpent, the train curved through the sky and faded into space. In the exit bay, Doug and the cadets pulled off their schnozzles. What was that? Doug said, catching his breath. Gas. Roderick said with a smile. I combined the scent of all the foulest human gases I could find and pushed them out to all of the olefactors. There was a long pause as the cadets put it together. You released a giant stinky one on the city? Dallas said. More or less, yes. Dallas slowly shook his head. Dude, that is sick. Twisted. And totally rad. (laughs) Ha ha. Welcome aboard, your royal sniffness. He gave Broderick a high five. Lydia looked at her blocked schnozzle. Good thing you told us to turn these off. It's an emergency procedure. Our defense mechanism. If ever a threat invades Schnozheim, the people are trained to close their schnozzles and seek shelter. Doug smiled. Like a skunk. He glanced at the passing stars outside the porthole window. Hey, do you by chance know what space smells like? Broderick thought for a moment and then said, "Mm, Burnt toast. Doug laughed. Broderick, you're going to fit in just fine at the Academy of Wanders. Broderick grinned. I hope so. He held his hand up to his face and gave a small bow and the Wanderers followed suit. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Space Train. I want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping me edit the story. And Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio. Space Train. I'm really getting into this season of Space Train. If I'm being completely honest, when I first started the podcast, as some of you know, I was doing four seasons at once. I've said this many times. Life, Space Train, Winglings, and Grandpa's Globe. And out of those four, for whatever reason, when I was doing the first season of Space Train, it was like the hardest one for me to get into. I don't know if I was like really into Winglings and Grandpa's Globe at the time. And so I was enjoying it because I love sci-fi, but It's almost like I couldn't really, like, dive in and relish, you know, the characters' personalities at all. So this season, since I've slowed down, just doing two seasons at once, I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a blast with Space Drain. These kids are awesome. It's fun to to hang out with the Wanderers. So I hope you're enjoying it, too. I want to give a shout-out to some patrons for their support prudence ellie and evan thank you so much for helping out you guys are amazing thank you for listening and hugh and his mom kelly from seattle washington hugh i hear hugh like to listen while you play legos that is awesome dude legos are awesome and being a rocketeer is awesome so thank you so much patrons for supporting the show anybody out there who wants to become a patron and help support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash purple rocket. Podcast. You can get ad free episodes. You get discounted merchandise, some bonus stories, some shout outs. Anyway, go check it out, to help support the show. And to that point, there is merchandise you can get. I believe there's a link through the website. Go to the purplerocketpodcast.com. There's a store and it's a Teespring store. So you should be able to get t shirts and different uh, little things with like the Purple Rocket logo or like a Rocketeer shirt or, you know, just other merchandise. I know. The holidays are coming up, so just in case you parents out there want, um, I don't know, something for the holidays, but as a patron, you do get a discount on the merchandise. I don't know the exact percentage, but it basically you're getting it at cost. Like, I'm not making the money, I'm not making like any, I don't make much off the merchandise anyway, but you're basically getting it at cost if you become a patron. So, check that out. And Rocketeers, I love the feedback I'm getting, I love reading the reviews on Apple Podcasts or just emailing me at purplerocketpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or messaging me on Facebook, whatever. The feedback means seriously the world to me. There was this Apple review. says, awesome, awesome, awesome. This is from catdude123. Love the username. That's awesome. I love this so much. I would love to hear season two of Camp Dino, maybe in something about dragons. I love dragons. Please do it for us kids, all of us that love dragons. Do it for us. Thanks. Um, thanks so much. Cat dude. Love it. Uh, feedback dragons. I'll have to keep that in mind. Stay tuned. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much for this feedback. And I hope you all Uh, really enjoyed a safe Halloween or whoever out there celebrates Halloween. I hope you were safe, that you took the opportunity to spend time with family, came up with traditions. I know we carved some pumpkins as a family. That was fun. So even if you don't celebrate Halloween, you're celebrating fall or whatever, find an opportunity, Rocketeers, to create a tradition with your family. Because that's what it's all about. Traditions are all about spending time together and having fun together. And even traditions can be as simple as like going on a walk through the neighborhood or going on a pretty drive to see the fall colors or whatever it is. Come up with some ideas. You're a member of the family. You have say. uh, Tell your parents of a tradition idea or maybe you heard a cool idea from a friend where you're like, hey, you know, I heard they, you know, like to sing songs with a guitar or whatever it is, right? Just small things just create memories and that is... Super important as a family. So I know I grew up carving pumpkins and I just was terrible at it, but it was such fond memories of getting together with cousins and carving pumpkins, doing jack-o'-lanterns and taking a picture behind them. Anyway, we had fun. We took the kids trick-or-treating, Aurora and Cohen as ninjas, Sawyer went as Spider-Man and Eloise, the five-month-old, actually, she's like six months now. She was a pumpkin, she was so cute. Maybe I should share a picture with everybody. Their awesome costumes, but it was funny because we before we went trick or treating, I told them their costumes were like, you know, that's one piece. It's like a, a one piece sit down. I'm like, "Look guys, if you have to go pee, now's the time before we go trick or treating because if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of trick or treating, we basically got to go home." Like, I mean, I mean we would have to go home anyway, but I'm like, man, it's like it's going to be a process to like find a bathroom and get all your costume stuff, you know. Oh, it was so funny because one of the kids—I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to say the name. But listen, the young, one of the younger ones, uh, clearly had to go pee when he was like. My wife and I were watching him on the doorstep, and his legs start getting crossed. He's doing a little dance on the doorstep. I'm like, "Oh, dude, do you have to go pee? Do you have to pee?" He's like, "No, no, I don't. No, I don't." And I'm like, he just did not want to stop trick or treating. So funny! Oh my gosh, good memories. I love it. And one thing I will—I love parents. I'm going to say this is my wife started this tradition where she um, created an email account for our kids. And she's like, at the end of the week, she'll email just like a small newsletter, just like some highlights of the week. And there were just some fun highlights just going over Halloween and stuff. And honestly, that is like a treasure of my week. Uh, so I just want to throw that idea out there because I look forward to it so much. We get so caught up and everything that's going on. And the pandemic has bogged a lot of people down. And just having... A recap of the like a highlight reel of the good moments of the week, just for your family. And when my wife sends that email out, like on Sunday night, I just look. At it, I'm like, oh. And there will be some pictures, and it's not like it doesn't have to be something, you know, poetic or anything. It's just like it could be a quick recap and a few thoughts and just a few moments with some pictures. It's almost like a like internal blog for us is a treasure. I seriously love it. Every time I look at it, I'm like, wow, my life is so good. My wife's amazing. Kids, I don't know. Anyway, I just, I feel really blessed. And uh, anyway, it's just a cool idea. So any parents out there creating a little email account for your kids, they could come back later on in the future. You give them the email login and they can go back and see all these amazing uh, little updates from their mom or dad over the years of these fun moments with pictures. I just such a treasure. Anyway, wanted to bring that up. I also want to shout out Jace for his amazing pockets costume. Jace, are you kidding, dude? That was the costume of the year, dude. It was awesome. Made a pockets costume with the yellow pajama and the colorful pockets. I was blown away and sincerely honored to see that picture. I just, wow, so cool. So cool. Anyway, Rocketeers, Thank you so much for your support and for listening. Um, Be sure to tell your friends and family, leave a review if you haven't, and just keep listening. I appreciate it. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.